Oh, man, I, I, uh, we, we finished up the Minor Prophet series last week, and, and that was a great time. It really stretched me, and, and we just kept digging and digging and digging, and, and God has just been taking us down this path. It's like his timing on things is amazing, you know? Uh, I don't have my preaching calendar mapped out for a year. Some pastors map it out for two or three years. I do try to map it out. I do try to keep us in line with maybe the seasons and things like that. And then if the Lord drops something like the minor prophets, we go into those things. But it's like the, the word of the Lord just keeps coming forward, and it has to do right in time with everything we're doing. And, and, and he's cool like that. It's like, it's like me and Mike, you know, we don't talk too much about the services. I mean, he knows if we're doing a series, what we're preaching, but he didn't know what I was preaching today. I didn't tell him, hey, I want you to play these songs. I let him be the worship pastor, and he lets me be the preaching pastor, and then it works really well that way. But God always brings the music together and, and all the content and everything else. It just kind of, even Pastor Tiny, he'll pull me aside after Sunday mornings, I just talked about that on Friday, you know? It's like, God is just amazing to me. He's amazing to me. You guys here today? Was Starbucks closed today or something? Because you're all... Y'all looking half asleep right about now, but anyway, I want to talk to you today. I'm calling this, this sermon, uh, The Land of Blessing, because I really feel like Grapevine is entering. We have been blessed, amen? We, we have been being blessed, if that even makes sense. God has been blessing our services. His anointing is here. People are giving their life to Jesus. Shackles are coming off. People are getting set free. People are finding jobs. And all the things that you want to see happen in the church are happening here at Grapevine. That's why there's hardly any purple seats left because we're growing. People catch wind of what God's doing, and they want to come and be a part of it. And God is entering us into this season, this, this time of, of celebration, if you will. And I, I'm so pumped in my spirit. And I hope that comes through because my, my physical body isn't feeling as pumped right now. But, but my spirit is so pumped, man. I'm so excited. And I'm just praying. That's why I'm praying that the anointing of God would just take over. Because when I'm preaching and when I'm worshiping, I feel fine. It's when I stop. So I'm going to keep preaching until Jesus comes back. Amen? Amen. But I want to preach to you today out of, the, out of Deuteronomy chapter 1. So if you have your Bible or if you have your, your iPad, your iPhone, your iCarumbas, just open those up to Deuteronomy chapter 1, and I'd like to read to you two verses. I'm going to jump around a little bit, but I'm going to stay within the same context or the same content of what's going on in the children of Israel. I'll be in Numbers, I'll be in Joshua, but it all has to do with the same time frame that we're going to be speaking about right now. So the word of the Lord, the Lord our God spoke to us in Harab. Horeb, saying, you have dwelt long enough at this mountain. Turn and take your journey and go to the mountains of the Amorites, to all the neighboring places, in the plain, in the mountains, and in the lowland, in the south and on the seacoast, and to the land of the Canaanites, and to Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. So what we need to understand before we dig too deep into this is that Israel has been delivered out of Egypt. You guys know the story, right? They were, they were held in house slaves, and, and they were working for Pharaoh, and God said, let my people go, and he said, no, and he said, yes, and he said, no, and he said, yes, and he said, no, and finally he let his people go, and they crossed the Red Sea. Now they are in this wilderness land. They're, they're wandering around, and they have been camped out by Mount Horeb for about a year, 11 months, but this was not their final destination, so, you know, there are many times people in the church, they, they set out on course, they give their life to Jesus, and they start walking down the straight and narrow, and, they're, and, they're, and, they, and they got vision, and they got sight, and they, and they feel like maybe they're called to something, and then they get to their Mount Horeb, and they just kind of stay there. 
And it's not where God has destined you to be. It's on the path of where God is taking you, but it's not where God has purposed and planned for your life. So prior to this time, if you remember, God made a covenant with the children of Israel that he would, he, they would inherit the promised land, the, the land flowing with milk and honey. And so today, I just changed that a little bit, the land of blessing. He promised them a land of blessing. And I'll tell you what, Christian, God has promised you a land of blessing as well. But during their time at Horeb, just like many of us, they had become complacent. They had accepted a level of spirituality that was less than what God had planned for their life. And there's so many people in the church who are content where they are. I'm saved and I'm going to heaven. I don't need nothing else. And it's so sad when I see people, and I'm not talking about grapevine because none of you are that way, okay? Let's just be clear. I don't want you to feel like I'm talking about you or nothing because that's not you. You guys are all on fire and going for Jesus. I know that. But there are people in the church who are stuck at this mountain, and they're content, and they're happy. And I'll tell you, it's cool because God was there. He showed up. He, he did some great things on the way. You know what I'm saying? He guided them with a pillar of fire and, and, and a nice cloud, and he fed them manna. And he did all these things in the wilderness season of their life. And Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 24 says this, And you said, Surely the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness. I love that. God has shown us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen this day and God, that God speaks with men, yet he still lives. If you know about the Old Testament, if God showed up in your face, you died. So, so the people of Israel say, hey, God has showed up now, and he's talked to us, and we got to live through it. So they're thinking, man, hey, this is good. This is good. I like Mount Horeb. It's good. It's good. It's all good. Because, because if I keep going, I don't know what's over there. I, I don't know what's out there. I'm a little worried about that. I'm a little apprehensive. I'm a little fearful about God's ultimate plan for my life. I'll just stay in this part of his plan and be content. Listen, there's trouble when we become self-satisfied in our walk and in our life with Christ. It's, it's a fearful place to be if you are in a position today, and you're content in your walk with the Lord. Listen, I'm not saying that you can't be I'm not saying that we shouldn't be satisfied and that we shouldn't be loving the season of life that we're in. I love where I am in my relationship with the Lord. I, I love what God is doing. I love where God has brought me from. I love how God is, is using Pastor Kerry and I and the rest of the leadership at Grapevine and several of you. You're bringing people in. They're coming to the food bank. Then they're coming to church. and they're I love that. But listen, I am not satisfied with that. I, I am not okay with, with just this. If, if this was just okay, I would say, let's just stay here. Nice little comfy building. We'll have to change the carpet because it looks nasty. But I'm just not okay with staying where I am in God. And I don't care who you are. You could, be, you could be the most spiritual person on the planet if you're okay with where you are and don't desire to grow anymore. I'm going to tell you what. You're stuck at Mount Horeb. You are stuck in a place in your life, and you need to move on. And instead of advancing to new levels, the people of Israel had become content, and they stayed right where they were. For 11 months, they hung out. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 2 says, It's 11 days' journey from Horeb to Mount Sir to Kadesh Barnea. 
Jump down to verse 19 of Deuteronomy 1. It says, So we departed Horeb, and we went through all the great and terrible wilderness, which you saw on the way to the mountains of the Amorites, as the Lord your God commanded us. Then we came to Kadesh Barnea. I think it's, it's funny, not in a, in a humorous sense, in, a, in, a, in more like a, it's, it's interesting funny, that the people decided to finally move on, and then they stopped at Kadesh Barnea. That literally means the desert of wandering. So they were perfectly content with finally leaving and going to the desert of wandering. Can anybody tell me how big the wandering desert was? What's that? 40 years worth. But it wasn't that big. It's not like they kept wandering for 40 years and they just kept circling. It was supposed to be an 11-day journey. I think it's 200 miles, isn't it? 200 miles, I think, is... Regardless, it was supposed to be an 11-day journey that took 40 years. And, and, and re, really how this message was birthed is, Mr. Mike, I'm going to put you on the on spot. I did first service and you weren't here, so I told everybody they came back to make sure I actually confronted you in this and, and, and brought this to light because a lot of times people think that I preach what's just on my heart. I want to tell you how it is. And, but Mr. Mike came to us and he said in our council meeting, he said, we've been circling this mountain too long. Isn't that what you said? We have been circling this mountain too. And didn't you say, I'm not trying to bust your chops because I agree with you, and I think majority of the church here agrees with you too. Didn't you say that that, 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 that mountain for us was this building, this, this piece of property? Grapevine has been circling this mountain, our Mount Horeb, for Grapevine Fellowship for too long. And really, that's where this message started getting birthed in my spirit because, you know, Mr. Mike, he's a one-word guy, right? If he got a word from the Lord, it's, yeah, sometimes two if you're lucky. That was like six words. We've been circling too long. I'm like, whoa, if he's saying six words, then God's got something he wants to say to us, amen? And I agree with Mr. Mike. I think that we have been in this season for too long. Thank God it hasn't been 40 years yet. But we've been in this season, and, and I'm speaking spiritually. It still has nothing to do with a building, although your Horeb can be a, 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 a practical thing. And some of us, and I, and I get it, I'm, I'm, I get it because the church I got saved in, very near and dear to my heart. I got saved there. I got baptized there. I got filled with the Holy Ghost there. I became a pastor there. I met my wife there. I made a baby there. Ooh, that's for home use only. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Listen, very special place in my heart. But when God said, move on, this has now become your horror because this is not the final destination that I have for you. Yes, it had to do with a physical location in my case too. But spiritually, God says, it's time to move on past that, that desert experience, past the wandering of horror. But get past the mountain, would you? We've been talking a lot about mountains the last several months, and it's time for us to just move on. Whether you shout it down, tear it down, go over, go around it, get past the mountain, would you? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, again, the children of Israel, they failed to do what God wanted them to do, and I'll tell you why. It was because of the ten spies. So they got to the promised land, the door of the promised land, and, and Moses says, hey, I'm going to send a few guys over there. I'm going to send 12 of you. And ten of them come back with this terrible report. And the people begin to buy into that. 
Let me read these verses to you because I don't want to jump around. It's in your story in Deuteronomy, but I'm going to go to Numbers and read it out of there, okay? Numbers chapter 13, verses 26 through 33. And I'm going to slow down because when I try to talk fast and read it, it just doesn't work. Now they departed and came back to Moses. These are the spies that he sent out. And Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to, the, and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. Not like God would lie. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. They even brought fruit back probably grapes, huh? Okay. Verse 28. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. All the ites were there. They dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Verse 30. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. We got one verse in there that's good. Verse 31, But the men who had gone up with him, so ten of the twelve, were not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Listen, people's opinions and our own short-sightedness will many times cause us to miss God's plan for our life. When we begin to listen to to the naysayers, to, 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 to the things that are, listen, contrary to God. God has spoke a word to them. I'm going to take you into the promised land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And they go in there and they said, yeah, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the fruit, but we can't do it. When you start listening to people like that in your life, you will never get where God wants you to go. They said, they said, we're grasshoppers in our own sight. So they made the claim that they couldn't do it on their own. And because of that, everybody else thought so too. We're like grasshoppers on our own sight, so they think we're like grasshoppers. Listen, man, when you stand up for the things of God and you stand up for the will of God and you stand up for the plan of God, people will get out of your way. Smith Wiggleworth was like as tall as my wife, four foot eleven. He said, I might be four foot eleven on the inside outside, but I'm eight foot tall on the inside, amen? amen. Spiritual giant. God's raising up spiritual giants today. Listen, the other side of the Jordan was God's destination, but it's also where the giants were. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody got time for that, huh? We, want, we, don't want to talk about, we don't want to talk about the giants. We don't want to talk about what happens when you, when you jump into the will of God. We don't want to talk about some of the things that, that, that you might come up against. The Jordan can be seen as barrier, as your barrier. As a barrier of fear. So my question to you is, what is your Jordan? What, what is your barrier? What is your fear? What is the thing that scares you the most about moving on with God to, to what you know he's purposed for you? Crossing over into the land of blessing. 
following the path that God, what scares you the most? And, and put that thing at the feet of Jesus. General, General MacArthur, we, we know who he is, right? He once said this, a man is old when he begins to look backward more than he looks forward. Some of you might be young in age, but you're old in spirit because you're looking too much backwards. We have a choice. We can move forward. We can look forward and enjoy God's blessings on the days that are ahead of us, or we can live in the past, and we can miss what God has planned for us. The past can and does convince us not to move on at times. It's time to leave what we've known in the past, whether it's, listen, good or bad. Hey, man, my past is good. I mean, the last 20 years of it. The season of my life in the Lord has been good after good after good after good after good. There's been obstacles along the way. Don't get me wrong. Nine family members we lost to death in a year and a half. Come on. We, we understand. We lost a home in the economy. We know what that's like. I've lost jobs. We know what that's all like. But my spiritual walk, my growth in the Lord, it's always been good after good after good. And every trial I've walked through, God has used for his good. Amen. That's what's got me to where I am today in the Lord. It's what, it's what helps me to minister to other people. It's, it's what elevates me. It's what's pumped me up. Man, you can't tell me there ain't no God. I got too many miracles in my life to believe that life. Amen. You can, you can dispute this thing all day with me if you want to, but you can't dispute my testimony. And what God done in my life, there ain't no doubt in my mind there ain't a God. There is a God, however you say that. So whether it's because we're content with our life or we have a fear of giants, we must move on with God. We need to cross our Jordan. We need to get away from our Horeb. We need to get out of our comfort zone and, and where everything's okay. It's just, it's hard, Pastor Ron. It's hard. Getting to this place was hard, and now that I'm here, I feel safe. Check it out. I get it. I get it. Man, the season at the rescue mission was probably the best season of our ministry lives together, huh? I mean, as far as, as, far as a season of stuff, Blessing. I mean, we had, we had a jet ski. We had a house on a lake. Yeah, man. Yeah, we were rolling like that. We, we, we was making six figures, you know. We had a 401K. Yeah. I had health and benefits, you know what I'm saying. I had great friends. A great church. I had a great career in ministry. Rescue mission is a great career. And God says, you know what? Your 11 months is up. This is now your horror because this is not the final plan I have for you. And every, every opportunity God's ever given me in my ministry career, I've came into it with, I'll be here for the rest of my life because that's how I approach stuff God gives me. I never approach stuff like, well, next year I'll be done. No. I'm not in control of that. But when God said, hey, it's time to hang up your hat, and it's time to, to get rid of the house on the lake, it's time to sell the jet ski, it's time to walk away from over half of your salary, it's time to leave the 401K, it's time to get on, what do you call it, welfare? <laughs> what? Medicaid. So in case I die, I, my wife don't have to pay. Well, I'm just being honest with you. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll go. I'll go where you send me, 
I'll, I, don't, I don't care about any of it. That was a great season. I loved it. God blessed our life. And we were very generous with that lifestyle. We were very generous. It wasn't like we were tooted from uh, This is the most I've ever tooted about it. That sounds funny. I'm not tooting up here, by the way. <laughs> Just so you know. I need to finish this. We're almost to where we have the fill-ins, right? Okay? My setup is longer than my fill-ins, so we're, we're, we're tracking very well. We need to cross the Jordan and, and enter through that season, that blessing that God has for us. And, and so, number one, we've talked about all these already, but just to give you something to write down, to enter that, that land of blessing, we need to break camp with the past. It's time to pull up the tent stakes, man. You've been camped out there long enough. It, you're, you're comfortable. You've got your fluffy pillows, and you've got your sleeping bag just how you have it, and your tent is facing the right direction so you get the evening cool breeze. I know, I know. But it's time to pull the stakes. Listen, dwelling in your past, however good or bad it is, it, it's not worth the risk of having God move on without you. It's a very lonely place when God moves on without you. Listen, I didn't have to come to Las Vegas, and he would have put somebody else here to fill this job, and they would probably be doing a better job than me. I don't know. But the, but, the, but the bottom line is, this is my assignment. God gave me this assignment. He said, this is part of your, this is part of your blessing. This is part of your path. This is part of the, the land of blessing that I have for you. So go. When your past tells you you can't, you tell it I already have in Jesus Christ. Amen? Because you're more than conquerors in him. Number two, you need to start on a journey. The word of God said... You've dwelled at this mountain long enough, take and turn your journey. Today is a fresh start to a fresh encounter in God. And I'm speaking to you as a personal level and a spiritual level, but I'm also talking to you about this opportunity from the Lord about moving over to Bruce Street. God is going to do some amazing things. God is going to break some strongholds and some barriers about just about the fact that we're leaving Horeb. And then he's going to open up the floodgate to heaven, and he's going to begin to bless a neighborhood because grapevine's coming. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not just saying that grapevine's, oh, we're all that, but we are all that. Can I be pr a proud pastor and tell you that, that I am proud of our church, that, that we love the Lord, and, and we care about our community, and we're not just going in there so we can have a bigger place to put more people. We're going in there because God is giving us a neighborhood. He's given us 11,000 people. At least that's what I'm claiming of, of the 11,000 that live there. Realistically, that probably won't happen, but I got enough faith to believe it can. And number three, we need to seize the day. Listen, when God gives you opportunities... When God tells you, okay, get up from Horeb and go. Don't look at the financial picture. Don't look at the 401K. Don't look at the jet ski. Don't look at the house on the lake. Just go. You need to seize the opportunities when God's going before you, amen, because you're better off being blessed. Listen, I got a 401K being stored up in heaven already. Man, I got me a, I got me a house, a mansion being built on the ocean, if you will, because that's my favorite view, amen. And there's a banqueting table spread with cheesecake on it because I can eat all the cheesecake I want. I won't gain any weight. I don't have to go to Planet Fitness anymore, amen? And I get to drive my Harley, Tommy, because that's the only thing you can drive on streets of gold. Okay, okay. A couple of those things aren't biblically sound, so I understand that. They're probably the only one is the mansion that's being prepared for me, okay? But I can dream. But when God gives you an opportunity, you've got to seize that opportunity. You've got to jump on that. It doesn't, don't, don't 
worry about what it looks like. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how scary it is. It's scary uprooting your family and moving to Las Vegas. The last place on planet anybody would want to move their family. Raise my kids in Las Vegas schools. Really? Oh, guess what, though? God's raising my kids. If I was smart enough to homeschool them, I would. But I don't know anything about Common Core math. Oh, you're laughing at me. You don't either. Neither do the teachers teaching it, by the way. My son just told me, my teacher said, that stuff's stupid. Your teacher is correct. <laughs> Finally, we found one correct teacher in all the bunch. Listen to your teacher. Pick, pick up Joshua chapter 1 because here, here is the opportunity of, of, of Joshua seizing the day when God passed the mantle to him. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your feet will tread upon, I will give to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, Listen, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Why does he keep saying that? <laughs> that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left hand that you may prosper wherever you go. Listen. When you stay on track and you don't turn on the right hand to the left hand or the left hand, God will prosper you wherever you go. Listen, I don't have a house by the lake. I don't have a 401K anymore. I do have health insurance. Thank the Lord. Uh, thank you, Obama, for my health insurance. Whatever, whatever. But, but, but I am prospered. My spirit is swelling. My my, my home is blessed. My kids are a blessing to me. They're not a, a cursing to me. They're, they're gifted and they're talented and they love Jesus. And I don't have to worry about them in a secular school because school, they got their head on right, amen? And they love the Lord. And then they, when they read scriptures without being told to and they pray without being told to and they, they pray over the meals before I get a chance to, those are the kids that God has blessed me with. My soul is prosperous, amen? I don't need a house on a lake. I don't need a 401K. All I need is Jesus Christ, amen? Him crucified and know that he's coming again. To receive me. Oh, that, all that work. I got one little golf clap. At least pretend like it's a football game. Come on. Jeez. You got two choices when you get home today. You can turn on golf or you can turn on football. Most of you are turning on football, so treat me like I'm a football player. Amen? We need to seize every opportunity that God is giving to us. That was awesome. <laughs> now we're doing acrobatics in here. I don't, I don't know, man. I got to wrap this up. There, the problem with going 
where you've never been before is exactly that. You've never been there. And that's what is so fearful about it. There's no maps. There's no plans. There's, there's no models. There's no, no charts up and to the right. There's no life experience there. I, I'm not familiar with the 89101 zip code. And many of you who say you are, you're not because you haven't been there in a long time. You, you really don't know what's going on there. Only the Lord knows what's going on there. Amen. And if it's territory that God's going to give us, I, I want to take it. I want to claim it. I want, to, I want to enter into that season with him. Stepping into the unknown can be frightening. I understand that. Hey, you think I ain't scared? I'm up here. I'm your biggest cheerleader, but I'm the one that gets to go home and crunch numbers. I'm the one that gets to sit down with the council and say, man, this is all about faith. We're leaving a place where we have no building payment to a building payment. Okay? That takes faith. That takes trust in the Lord. That tra- takes trust in, in, the, in the people that God is bringing. It, it takes trust knowing that God is going to do something amazing over there. And I'm ringing really bad. And because of that, because going into the unknown is frightening, there will be days of challenge. I just got to be honest with you. It's not going to be all hunky-dory. It wasn't hunky-dory getting here with your family, was it? It wasn't so hunky-dory getting here with my family, staying in cheesy hotels. Why didn't you guys tell me not to stay at the Alexis? I mean, I mean, come on. You let your incoming pastor, maybe that'll scare him out. I don't know what you were thinking. I don't, I don't know, but that place was crazy, huh? The only good thing it had going for it was across the street from the Hard Rock Cafe, so we had some good food. Of course, I paid $27 for a cheeseburger. Hey, family, you want to share this? We'll cut it in quarters. Three fries each? Listen, the promised land was filled with challenges. Do you realize there were 31 kings to be conquered once they crossed the Jordan? The land of blessing. Here's three things. It's untested. We haven't sent in test scouts. We we haven't sent in a, a, a ministry development crew. We haven't sent in spies to the land to find out what would be most effective when we cross over. But what it means is there's going to be new ministry. There's going to be opportunities for us to to love a community different than we are now. What what worked before may not work today. There's new new obstacles, the unknown. There's fear in that. There's fear in stepping into the unknown. I was scared to death coming to Las Vegas. I didn't know. I didn't know if you guys would like me. I I know most of you don't. That's okay. I, I didn't know if I'd like you, and I do. I like you very much. Thank you. I didn't know what to expect, but I do know who holds my future, and I know that my dependency is on God, and it's also untamed. It means there's going to be new tests. Listen, crossing the land is hard. Crossing over, getting out of your comfort zone, leaving what's comfortable and familiar to you into something that you can't quite see, it's difficult. I understand that. I'm not trying to tell you it's going to be all rosy. Here's what I want to tell you. I want to be completely honest with you. There's going to be a little bit of stirring when we first move. It's going to take a little time to get back in a rhythm. Amen? That's how it usually works. Now, God is able to go in there and say, boom, you're in rhythm. Let's go. And we're doing everything we can on this side. We're setting up uh, ministry teams. If you'd like to be an usher on our security team, please let me know because we want to have enough of those people so that not everybody's working the same, working all the time. They need to come in here and get fed, amen? We're, we're developing CR. This is great, man. We need Celebrate Recovery. That neighborhood needs Celebrate Recovery. But we're going to do it right if we're going to do it at all. That's why it's a year-long process. If you want to get involved and you want to be in leadership, I'm telling you, it's going to require some things of you. You're going to have to go through the step study first. You're going to have to go spend some time at some other CRs before we even release this thing because we're going to do it right if we're going to do it at all. 
listen, walking into the untested, the unknown, and the untamed, I think is the very definition of faith. It is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I can't see it yet. All I know is God has given me a vision. Amen? And it can't be fulfilled in this Horeb. This is not God's final destination. I'm not saying the dirt lot is not. I'm just saying this right here is not. We're moving on to the next phase of that wandering into the promised land. And ain't, I don't have 40 years left, so I ain't going to do that. I ain't, going to, ain't nobody got time for that, huh, Justice? No. Faith moves us in the direction we need to go. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Come on up, Mike. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you these last few very quick if you're taking notes. There's also days of confidence. You can write that one down. Listen, there won't be any pillar of a fire or a cloud, of, you know, cloud by, by day to, to guide us along the way. We're stepping out in confidence. We're stepping out in faith. We need to have confidence that God's presence is going to be with us. And, 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 and there's three things here. There's three bullets here. Number one, there's, there's a powerful presence of God that's going before us. He's all-powerful. Amen. Romans 8.31 says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, what? Who can be against us? Nobody can. There's a personal presence. You know God is very personal. Like he told Joshua, as I was with Moses, I will be with you also. The God who created me, the God who knows me, the God who loves me is going with me if he's sending me. Amen? I got two amens. He says in Matthew 28, verse 20, Surely I am with you always to the very end. Finally, there's a permanent presence of God. But he's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to well, come on over to the blessing land, and I'm just going to leave you there for a while and let you take care of business. No. His presence in our life, listen, Christian, it's a permanent presence. God has taken residence. If you have said yes to his son, his Holy Spirit is now dwelling in you. And that's permanent. Now you can go run amok and act a fool and, and his, he's going to lift that and be like, you know, I, I, can't, I can't go into that rated R movie with you. I, I'm not going to sit here and watch you slam heroin into your arms. I, I'm not going to be around while you smoke that marijuana cigarette. Marijuana cigarette. <laughs> I'm so pure. That's how we say it when you've never experienced that before. I'm sorry. Days of commitment. We have to be committed to this thing. If we're going to do this thing, we've got to be all in. And when it gets tough, if, if there's seasons of difficulty, we've got to stay committed. Would Joshua listen to the majority? Would he listen to the popular opinion? Would he listen to his own voices in his head? How many of you have those? Don't raise your hand. Some of you raise your hand. We have some white jackets that are being brought out right now for you. Or would he listen to the word of the Lord? God's word is complete and it's consistent. He's not changing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word does not come back void. If, if God is spoken to us, and, and it looks like it by the majority vote, 96% of you said, yeah, we're going to move. Yeah, we're on board with that. In fact, there were six no's, and it got dwindled down to three no's because people have changed their vote. Since we 
voted last. These people are understanding. They're starting to sense. People that, that are a little slower coming along, maybe take more time to pray, are like, you know what? It, it, seems, it seems good. It seems like the Lord's will. Let's do this. Hey, was I completely 199% confident that coming to Las Vegas was God's plan? 99.9%. There's always that lingering 0.1%, you know? Always there. But God has saw us through. Listen, if you're here today and you're ready to move into that land of blessing, and I'm not talking so much about moving grapevine now. I'm talking about your walk with God, your God, your God, our God. I'm talking about your walk with the Lord. If you're ready to move into that next phase, if you're ready to get out of your comfort zone, if you're ready to move away from maybe it's a Horeb or maybe you need to cross some fears, the Jordan River, I want you to stand to your feet right where you are. There's this verse in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus and to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Listen, God is able. God is able right now, whatever it is you're standing for. If it's because you've been complacent and you're comfortable with where you are, if it's because you've been facing some fears and you're, you're afraid of the unknown, you're afraid of stepping out, God understands that. And he's saying, look at this room. So many of you are standing saying, I just want God. I want the next level. I want to do what God has for me. I want to be in God's will. Is that your heart? Just bow your heads with me. Jesus, your plan is what I want. Not my own. I've tried it my way. It's not working. Today I commit to you, and I say yes to you. Move me from Horeb. Move me past my Jordan into the land of blessing. I say yes to Jesus today. I say yes to your will and your plan. I will not let fear grip my heart give it to the Holy Spirit. And if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, would you just put up your hand and say, Pastor, I want Jesus in my life. Is there anybody here? Just in case. Just in case. I knew we didn't have any visitors, so we're all family. We're all in Christ. And if you are here, if you're new to Grapevine, maybe you came in during the service. Uh, we'd like to see you out at the visitor table outside as you leave today. We've got a little gift card we'd like to give you just for joining us today get a little information from you so we can send you an email or a letter to say how good it was to worship with you. But let me just put a blessing on you as you go. and I'm going to pray that your football team wins. Unless they're playing the Raiders, then I pray they lose. So Lord, I just put a blessing right now on these wonderful people of God. So many people are standing this morning saying yes to you. We want what you want, Lord, and I pray that their fears would would be taken away from them, Lord. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I thank you, Lord, for the saints that are going to tear this city up, Lord. If, if, if Bruce Street is your will, God, we're going and we're going to take that neighborhood. We're going to take that neighborhood for Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you today.